0: What is the best case and worst case scenario for Arizona State Sun Devils football in 2022? And how many wins does Herm Edwards need in order to retain his job moving past this season? We have this and plenty of more questions on this mailbag edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Our Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. and welcome back to the locked on sun devils podcast my name is richie bradshaw as always i will be your guide for everything arizona state sun devils thank you guys so much for making us your first lesson of the day remember we are free and available on all platforms including youtube if you would like to check us out in a visual platform but wherever you do get those podcasts make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content which is monday through friday if you want to stay in touch with everything that's going on with Arizona State, make sure that you're following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast while you're there as well at LO underscore Sun And also go ahead and follow at AllSunDevils for all the content that I provide for Arizona State. If you follow all three, you are going to be in the loop on everything going on with Arizona State all the time. A new episode. That I'm going to start including once a week is going to be a mailbag where I collect questions from you guys and I answer them for an entire episode. I'm going to probably make this the Thursday episode every week. If not Thursday, probably Wednesday, sometime in the middle of the week, though. Submit your questions anytime you want. Submit them wherever you get your podcast, submit them on Twitter. You can put it on YouTube, in the comments section, wherever. I will also be actively collecting questions as the week goes on. I will make sure to put it out as often as possible so that you guys are able to submit your questions. I was able to gather a few questions from some close family and friends to kind of get the ball rolling. But please feel free to reach out so that way I can answer your questions. I do have six questions. To answer today, we'll do two for each segment. Looking at the first question, what are the best case and worst case scenarios for Arizona State football in 2022? Let's we'll start with best case. I think best case is you find a way to finish in the top half of the Pac-12. You know, it, it feels like the Pac-12 is going to be a pretty a pretty top-heavy division. You're going to have U- uh, some order of Utah, Oregon, probably USC, and UCLA. After that it really does feel like it could be anyone's conference to have and Arizona State could find themselves in that in that kind of like second tier category. Utah and Oregon are definitely the class of the conference right now. USC should be there. It's just a question of how soon will they get there because you do have to figure out what's going to be going on, how quickly they can uh, adjust to Lincoln Riley and uh, a new system that he's bringing in. There's a lot of new pieces they got going on there. They got a new starting quarterback. They got two new receivers. They got some guys on defense. It, it's a lot of new moving pieces right now for USC. And it'll be very interesting to see how quickly they can adjust. But bringing it back to ASU for a second, I think that there's a chance you could pull off some surprising wins. I, I have in uh, Locked On Pac-12, uh, you guys will have to check out, I did a game-by-game prediction with Spencer McLaughlin for Arizona State. Actually had us getting an upset win over uh, USC. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. I truly don't. I think you're also going to be in a dogfight with UCLA. You don't have to play Oregon this year. Utah comes to you for what it's worth. Maybe you can right the wrong of blowing your first half lead that you managed to do last time you played the Utes overall I I feel like ASU in a best case scenario is probably probably a seven to eight win football team finds a way to be very competitive in its own conference you have a pretty favorable conference schedule all things considered like I said you don't have to play Oregon um, I believe you are not playing Cal this year for what it's worth not that they are an overly great football team but you do have the rest of what was the Pac-12 South on your schedule, which includes U of A and Colorado, who are definitely lowly schools right now. So that could definitely help you out in the long run. Uh, So that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, I mean, there's a lot of losses on this team, man. Like there's a very good chance that you end up just totally falling flat this year. And unfortunately that could result in a losing season and maybe even a bad one. Like you might be a four win team this year. Let's not forget that on top of playing uh, Utah, USC and UCLA, you still have to go to Stillwater to play uh, the Oklahoma state Cowboys. Uh, you got to play Washington again. They should be better than they were last year. U of a could find a way to not go. uh and six against you in the last six years, they might, finally be able to break the streak it, anything is but guaranteed for arizona state this year i really think that they should be able to pull off some kind of uh miracle season and be a six and six team with all the losses they're having to endure but i also would not be surprised if they were a lowly team i'll say best case scenario is eight wins i'll say worst case scenario is four wins uh second question here is this the year u of a takes back the cup Funny enough, we just talked about that. Look, U of A had itself a very good recruiting class. And they also pulled in Jaden Delora, the transfer quarterback from Wazoo, who was the Pac-12 freshman of the year and absolutely tore apart Arizona State last year in Tempe. They, they are hopefully trending in the right, in the right direction. And when I say hopefully, I mean, for their sake, obviously Arizona State, we just want them to lose every single game in the entire world. We'd we don't like them period but they should be trending in the right direction if they do figure out how to get back on the right side of the win column there's there's not a like a reason they can't be ASU ASU is dealing with a lot of losses as you guys well know by now 16 guys have left through the transfer portal several guys are gone to the NFL or just straight up ran out of eligibility. This is a brand new football team, essentially on both sides of the ball. Plus you're replacing both your coordinators on offense and defense. That's a lot of change in one off season to endure. This could be the year that U of A is able to upset them for what it's worth. The game will be played down South in Tucson. So that home field advantage, maybe you'll be able to get U of A fans hyped up and... You know, have them hoping that this will be the year that they're finally able to turn it all around and get back on track. We'll have to wait and see and find out. But could this be the year? It could be. Personally, I'm still taking Arizona State because I don't know that Jed Fish is the guy down south for U of A to get them back on the right track. And I understand that they had a very good recruiting class and they should be better than they were last year. But Arizona state is just playing with this mantra right now of no matter how, how bad the outlook of the season is. We look to the very last game of the year against U of a, and we plan to beat them every single time. It just, it feels like clockwork at the moment that that's the way that Arizona state wants to play their football is if nothing else, we want to beat U of A. We could win one game all year. It better be the, the duel in the desert. That that feels like the most important thing for them right now. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap up this first segment of the podcast. When we return, we got two more questions to hop into. This is Locked on Sun Devils podcast, as always. But a quick word from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. As the evening comes to an end, and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride, nah, you live nearby, you can make it home okay, it's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? You get in an accident, you total your car, you kill someone, you lose your job. Everyone knows the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop people from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. As always, thank you guys so much for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen of the day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms. Hopping back into our mailbag now. Next question I have here, does Emery Jones offer more upside than Jaden Daniels? This is something that I've talked about on the pod before, and I think as the season's getting closer, I can kind of officially come to a confirmation on my opinion of this. I don't know if, the, if there's more upside. I think Jaden Daniels is a much better passer. Like last year, he he absolutely regressed. But his first two seasons with ASU, everyone forgets he had 22 touchdowns at just three interceptions. And his completion percentage was going up each year before it peaked at 65% last year. He actually paced the conference in completion percentage. He is he is a much better passer than last year would indicate. I'm not sure what happened last year, but I, if he had stayed for 2022, I would have bet that he would've gotten back on track. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been saying, you know, Oh, Jaden is Jaden's done. Jaden's this, Jaden's that. He's not a good passer. He wasn't last year. When I look at Emery Jones, who has a lot less experience, I I feel like he is as good as Jaden was last year. And we only have the one year of experience for Emery to really justify whether or not he is better or worse. Now, he did throw 19 touchdowns against 13 picks last year, but you got to remember he threw six of those touchdowns against Samford. So in other words, he threw 13 touchdowns against 13 interceptions and he was benched several times last year. That is concerning as a passer. I don't know if that bodes well this year. And, you know, arguably has, has the same amount of talent as he did at, uh, at Florida. But it's 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 an intriguing situation, I will say. I'm not willing to say that uh, Emory Jones is l- like a significantly worse passer, but I'm definitely not going to say he's a better passer than Jaden. Now, as a runner, I feel like they're right about the same. Emory has proven to be a dynamic runner. He led Florida State in rushing yards last year. Jaden Daniels took off as a runner last year, no pun intended. And ended up rushing for over 700 yards, five yards a pop. Was second on the team, only behind Rashad White, who did topple 1,000 yards as the number one running back on the team. So looking at Emery as a whole, with his passing, with his rushing, I don't know that the ceiling is higher. What I will say is he is as good as Jaden was last year. And with Jaden struggling, you still managed to win eight games. Again, like in, in in a in a worst case scenario, I think he's what Jaden Daniels was last year, which serviceable, but incredibly frustrating. I think Emery could be better than what he was last year, but I do not believe that Emery is better than what Jaden was as a freshman when he threw 17 touchdowns to two interceptions. So as far as upside... I do not think Emory Jones has more upside. I think he is a a, a may, maybe a better version of 2021 Jaden Daniels, but I still believe Jaden's upside is very, very good. Next question I have here. Uh, who do you expect to step up with the amount of quality players leaving in the transfer portal? I think there's a handful of guys you need to look at. If we go to the offensive side of the ball first, the the first guy who stands out to me is Ladarius Henderson on the offensive line. You know, he, he is the most veteran guy, probably on the entire offense entirely. Uh, your best offensive lineman, I would say potentially looking at an NFL future. I mean, I, I understand that Kellen Deish and Donovan West were somehow undrafted. I still don't get that personally, but they're in the NFL and Ladarius Henderson to me is as good as them. So there is potentially an NFL future for Henderson and he is he. he's a very good ball player he was one of the most efficient uh pass blockers in the pac-12 last year and i think that when you when you're looking at a run game that is going to be replacing chip train and rashad white and Jaden daniels and you got a brand new quarterback in emory jones and if emory somehow gets benched you got two quarterbacks behind him paul tyson and trenton Borgay who have combined for 27 or 28 career pass attempts. It is going to be on the offensive line to play to their absolute best. And that's where Ladarius Henderson comes in, is he's going to need to step up and be that guy. Now, I don't want to include Cam Johnson here because he is a transfer. But I do feel like it is going to be very important for Cam Johnson to be a reliable number one receiver for this team uh as early as he can flipping to the defensive side of the ball i think the two most obvious guys are kyle solely and merlin robertson uh, both of them are going into their fifth year with the program robertson has been a starter since his freshman year solely ended up leading the team in tackles last year with 88 it is going to be imperative that they can at a minimum continue the level of play that they have been playing at Uh, For for Robertson, he's been nice and steady. His freshman year was so good, and he just was never able to build on that. Now, he didn't regress necessarily, but he just hasn't taken that step that we believed he could. He is still a very good football player. Kyle Sully, as frustrating as he was last year in certain instances, more often than not, was a very reliable player for the Sun Devils. You're hoping that he can maintain that or maybe even take another step in 2022. But it is going to be incredibly, incredibly important for them to be pillars of consistency on the defensive side of the ball. Cause you're replacing your entire secondary. The vast majority of your defensive line is gone. Tyler Johnson, DJ Davidson are gone. Who were starters last year? Jermaine Lole, who was arguably your best player is also gone via the transfer portal. You have, a lot of guys that need to be replaced right now. And it it's even more important because they play in the middle of the field as the linebackers, they are calling it out. They're the quarterbacks of the defense, especially Merlin Robertson. We're going to be looking at them even more than anybody else as guys who need to step up and truly take Arizona State's defense to that next level and make sure that they don't take Ten, not not ten, like two, three steps behind what they were last year. If they took ten steps behind, you're one of the worst. You're one of the worst defenses in college football. Uh, let's go ahead and hop into our final break. When we return, I got two more questions to go over with you guys. But first, a quick word from our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening right now. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, make sure that you guys are checking out the Locked On Pac-12 podcast. Remember I mentioned that I did a game-by-game breakdown with host Spencer Spencer McLaughlin recently. But even besides that, you guys need to make sure that you're staying in touch with everything going on in the Conference of Champions. Make it your second listen of the day and get all your Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less. Hopping into our final two questions here. Do you think the defense will take a step back after losing Antonio Pierce to the NFL. Now, this is interesting. Not exactly looking at the players lost, right? We're not talking about losing DJ Davidson and Tyler Johnson to the NFL. We're not talking about losing Darian Butler to the NFL. We're not talking about losing the secondary partly to the NFL and partly because of running out of eligibility. And the the transfers too, Tommy Hill, Eric Gentry, Jermaine Lole. We're not talking about those. We're talking about Antonio Pierce, a very intriguing conversation. Antonio Pierce has turned into a very um, controversial figure, I guess you could say, in Tempe because of all the recruiting stuff that's been going on. He was at the forefront. Uh, he, He was one of the most important recruiters for the team, and it felt like he was far more interested in recruiting California than he was Arizona kids. And quite frankly, there's a lot of very good Arizona high school football players that unfortunately did not end up going to Arizona State for one reason or another. Kind of have to wonder if it's because uh, Antonio Pierce didn't put a lot of emphasis there. But point being is like he isn't necessarily the most loved guy in the world. With that in mind, though, he was absolutely a players coach. And you had these young defensive guys want to buy into his mentality and what he was throwing out there. Now, when you look at what the defense did last year, they were a very good unit. But they didn't live up to the hype that we had placed on them. You know, part of that is because Jermaine lole was lost for the year. He was one of the best players on the Sun Devils heading into 2021. He was projected to be an NFL draft prospect even. Lost him very early on. And it felt like that was a very difficult loss to overcome. You did have plenty of guys step up, thankfully, but it felt like the numbers just weren't there. You know, Jack Jones and Merlin Robertson each had three interceptions apiece, but after that, I I believe Arizona State only had seven or eight interceptions, so they were averaging about an interception a game, which is pretty solid, all things considered. The sacks were not there. Your leading sack artist and BJ Green only had five sacks, and that's a great year for a freshman defensive tackle, but that is not a great situation for an Arizona State pass rush that had a lot of talented guys on it. Statistically, it wasn't a great defense. When you watch them in real life, it felt like they collapsed a lot of times. Look at the Utah game. You went from absolutely destroying them in the first half to getting obliterated in the second half. Washington had no problem moving the ball on you. Wazoo threw the ball all over the place on you. You had. Um. Oh my gosh, uh, Oregon State was just decimating you for the entirety of the game. It felt like it was just so difficult to come up with with uh, adjustments when it needed to. But regardless of that, on top of all the losses to the transfer portal, losing your defensive coordinator is going to be tough. But what I'll tell you is I don't think that losing Antonio Pierce will end up being this uh, colossal loss for Arizona State. I think this is a very overcomable loss for the program. I don't think this is some kind of detriment to the team where it ends up being a nail in the coffin. I think you are going to be able to move forward uh, for for, for the defense. It's going to be very important that you're able to have these transfer guys like Corey Bethley and, um, um, Chris Edmonds, find a way to step up Nesta Jade Silvera, but current defensive coordinator, Donnie Henderson, uh, has some NFL experience. He's been with the program for a little while. Uh, you also have, uh, Rob Rodriguez, the defensive line coach has been getting a lot of love and rave reviews from all the players. I think that Arizona State can find a way to be as good on defense as they were last year. If they're not, I don't think it is because of Antonio Pierce. I think it is because of the unbelievable amount of losses that you so that that you had to deal with on defense. Final question here: How many wins does Herm Edwards need to keep his job in 2023? At a minimum, it's a winning season. So. Six and six will get you a bowl game. You're hoping that you win that bowl game to get to seven and six. That is where it starts. Seven and six is still not even a guarantee. I think if you win eight wins, that's probably safe for Herm. If you win nine or more, the dude's seat is going to be ice cold. He's not going anywhere. But it is going to be a challenge when you are replacing a starting quarterback what would have been a starting running back. You're replacing like five receivers. You're replacing offensive linemen. You're replacing the vast majority of your defense, both your coordinators, offense and defense. There is a lot that is being stacked up against Herm Edwards for success in 2020 and 2022. It is, it, it truly, it would not be Herm's fault entirely if Arizona State ended up having a losing season. That is that is so much. It, it would be asking a lot out of Nick Saban to have to replace countless draft picks, countless transfers, which you can... Obviously, Alabama has lots of draft picks every year, but they do not have a lot of transfers. So you lose half your, half your starting lineup, probably more than that, actually. I feel like you can count on one hand how many guys from the starting 11, offensive and defense are back for Arizona State in 2022. But even for Nick Saban having to replace countless draft picks, countless transfers, and both coordinators, that would be difficult. Now, Nick Saban would still manage a winning record, but it nonetheless, it would be a tough year for Alabama. For Arizona State, which is a much less talented team, it is going to be remarkably difficult for anyone, let alone Herm Edwards, to find their way to get to a winning season. He would be able to survive, if not for the, the the what do you call them recruiting violations that are stacking up against Arizona State. Because of those, it is going to be a very short leash for Herm Edwards. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Ultimately, I think seven and six gets him by. I think eight and five is a pretty good record. Nine wins or more, he's safe. Maybe you extend him. Who knows? Six and seven, he could be safe. I am not willing to say you fire Herm Edwards at six and seven. I don't know if you even fire him at five and seven. Now we go from 13 games to 12 games because this, in this instance, you're not bowl eligible. But even at five and seven, it wouldn't surprise me if they held on to him. Anything less than five wins, he's gone for sure. It's just a weird, fluid situation for Arizona State. I just don't know what you're going to do with Herm Edwards. How many wins? I'll say seven to answer the question. How many wins does Herm need to keep his job? I'm going to say seven wins. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up that edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. So, as always, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you'd like to check us out on a visual platform, but wherever you do get those podcasts. Make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. If you want to stay in touch with everything going on with Arizona State, make sure you're following me on Twitter at RichieBrads36. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun and follow my content for Sports Illustrated at all Sun Follow all three. You'll be in the loop for everything Arizona State all the time. Finally, make sure that if you guys want your questions answered on next week's mailbag, comment on YouTube, comment where you get your podcasts, and tweet at me. Uh, tweet at me on Twitter at Richie 36 Again, tweet at the podcast anywhere. I see your question. I will add it to my mailbag so that we can talk about it next week. But until next time, you guys keep it locked right here, unlocked on, on Sun Levels.